Welcome everybody. This episode explores the topic of grief and loss. Should you experience any effects or triggers from listening, please reach out to family, friends or a health professional. You can visit Beyond Blue and chat online through their website at beyondblue.org.au or call Beyond Blue 1300 224636. The single sisters always have their ears and hearts and virtual arms open if you wish to talk or message us to share your own experiences or stories. Thank you. It's recording. So. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> you can start the show. <laughs> okay. Hi, listeners. This is the Single Sisters. Uh, we're here with episode eight. And this one's a kind of special one. But I guess before we get into it, uh, we'll have a bit of a catch up with what's been going on in our lives the last fortnight. It's been a bit hectic, hasn't it? Oh, my good goodness, yes. <laughs> if that's a word. I can think of a few others. Yeah. But, um, yeah, no, it has been quite hectic. And, you know, I guess everyone that follows us on our socials and um, listens to the podcast will know that you've had your surgery now, I Kaz. know. It's a bit hard to believe, actually. I still feel like it's... It's happened, but it hasn't happened. It's a bit yeah. surreal. I, yeah. I know it's happened because I have those, you know, the feelings of it having happened. Yeah. <laughs> the pain and discomfort. The pain and discomfort obvious is obvious, but um, yeah, it just and it all happened so quickly. Once it mm. was going ahead, it was just like yeah, it's like oh, oh okay, shit. Monday afternoon came and you sort of got the go ahead. You had Tuesday to get your head around it, and Wednesday morning we were heading off. To the hospital yeah, to well, check you in. That's right. That's literally how it was. Uh, yeah, and it was just all a bit of a whirlwind, and yeah, well, very emotional. I'm I'm very excited now for the next few months, I suppose, to pass. <laughs> mm, yeah. Well, once you take your bulletproof vest off there, and you can sort of have a look at what they look like. <laughs> it feels like that's what I have on. Mm. I feel like nothing's getting through this bugger. Like. <laughs> Well, let's just hope there's no one with guns around today. I'm feeling like I should have a full one on, and yeah. then you know, tuck it might, everything in. It might tuck everything in mm. at the same time. <laughs> Maybe something you can look into branching out into, you know, full body, yeah. bulletproof vest, bulletproof vest, and yeah, mm. get the tummy sucking in at the same time because I feel mm. like it really needs it today. But yeah, but yeah, no, it's all all happened and went well, and uh, my recovery is going well, and. Well, I just feel a little bit tired, I suppose. But, yeah, the hospital visit was great and it just, yeah, I, I probably am a bit surprised that it, with everything else that seems to go wrong, mm. that's, you know, something that is can something go that right. actually, yeah, yeah, that it can happen and dreams and goals yeah. can be achieved. Definitely. It might take a little while, but, you know, and... You look back and you think, oh, you know, there's always a reason for why things didn't go through when they did and I'm sure there are reasons like now you can look back and think maybe that wasn't the time mm, and this yeah. time is the time yeah so and that's what life does to you yeah it? it does so we're um 
still in the throes of finding a new home and we've sort of half narrowed it down, I guess, but we've got a big decision to make this weekend um, mm. which way we're going to go. Yes. And There's not too many options left no, unfortunately, at the moment. There is not. I felt like we had lots of options, really. It was just like house after house after house being listed. And not that we're mm. overly fussy, I wouldn't say, but we do have you know, sort of particular things that we're looking for and we have been spoiled the last yeah, couple of years very living in this spoiled. beautiful house. And to come back from that, it's like coming back to earth that we then go, okay, we're not going to get anything like this. So we have to, yeah. okay, what's the next best option? And hopefully we've, you know, we've narrowed it down unless something pops up on realestate.com.au. Thanks for the plug. You can pay us later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, that, it has you know, been getting a workout the last few weeks. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so, yeah, I think that that's, you know. Yeah. Probably, yeah, narrowed down to a couple and, yeah, we'll make that decision and hopefully have a, uh, you'll have a bit to do organising removalists and cleaners and all that sort of thing while you're recovering. Yes. And and that another good thing, I guess, that you've got time off and you can't yeah, do can. much, but you can sit on a phone. Yes, so, that's easily yeah, enough done. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I can certainly um, yeah delegate and boss people around for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, we're we're sort of getting into I suppose that season, you know, coming up to Christmas and Christmas parties and Christmas you know, gatherings and going on holidays and those those months leading up to that are quite significant mm. Can for us. Sort of, yeah, be a little bit of a stressful time of year almost, can't it? Mm. Like sort of uneasy, but you know that good times are coming. There's always Christmas that... to look forward to and mm. family, but there's just that month before that's always yeah a little bit. And yeah. because, because of... You know, we haven't really gone out and revealed too much of ourselves personally, I guess, uh, since we've started this podcast. We've decided today uh, with episode eight that we're going to talk a bit about loss and grief. We touched on last episode that we lost our dad and it was his anniversary a few weeks ago. The end of October, yeah. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I think... Because of that and the fact that I too have, you know, suffered a loss, the loss of my son, that and his anniversary is coming up shortly, that we have kind of wanted to explore more how to cope with grief and loss and how we've coped with coped grief. With it, yes. And and you know, grief and, and loss is not necessarily about losing someone, it's about losing uh, a relationship, a friendship. Yeah, or life expectations oh, and dreams. Yeah, yeah. And, that's And what, the stresses that that, you know, brings on, on you. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And, you know, we both experienced in, you know, varying ways but similar ways, um, you know, that loss. So we thought that we would share a bit of our story with you and our experience with you and, you know, hopefully you gain something from it um, if that's possible. Yeah. Okay, well, I'll, I'll take the lead as okay. the oldest and I'll go through 
a little story about grief and loss. I guess I feel like I experienced loss from a very early age. Our parents divorced when I was quite young and with mum and my siblings, we moved interstate. Children are quite resilient and while I wasn't always the perfect little angel, just ask mum, I look back and think I was setting my coping mechanisms up even back then to help me prepare for what would come in the future. I was 15 when I met the man I would marry at 17, teenage loves, and we definitely had our ups and downs, but we brought two beautiful children into the world. Our firstborn, our son, was born that year and our daughter seven years later. Both the apples of our eyes, but even with all the love we shared for those two children and even each other, I guess, we could not save ourselves from the tumultuous relationship we had and after 22 years we divorced. As younger adults, I guess you confide in your friends and cope with life struggles a little differently by sometimes too many good times, um, alcohol and maybe even a drug of choice. But pick yourself up again, you do, and I think it's more easy or it seems easier when you're younger. I don't say this lightly because I know others have experienced loss, but for me, you never know true heartbreak until you have experienced the loss of a child. The day the world, as I knew it, understood it and lived it, changed forever in 2010. My son, 25 at the time, was killed in the most extraordinary circumstances. He was overseas at the time, and I don't know what kicked in, or whether it was just the stoic mother behaviours, except for a few very brief moments, and whether it was because I did not allow myself, or I just went into some kind of overdrive, but I knew I had to step up and take charge. I was completely organised. I was prepared for anything that may be thrown my way. I packed, uh, put everything in a suitcase that I knew I would need for a day or a month. I kept notes, I made phone calls, I was paying bills, I was booking accommodation. I did not have a day when I didn't return a message or a call. And I can only recall one day that I did not get out of bed because the alarm was turned off by someone else. Now I look back, I probably exhausted myself, but it was my coping strategy at the time. And to this day, it probably still is. Busy is best for me. And whether that's busy at work, busy in life, traveling or doing fun things. Even busy, being busy watching Netflix is still being busy, right? <laughs> I mean, you know. I we found, know how to do that well. Yeah. I found talking to professionals that had not experienced anything like I was going through did not work for me. Instead, I started to surround myself with ordinary people that had been through very similar situations. I read books and watched movies on people that had lived through traumatic experiences and came out the other side showing great strength and resilience. I tried when I could to give back to the community by volunteering my time to help others in need. And above all, I knew that my son would not want me to wallow or fall apart and I set out to make him proud. There was a brief time about two years after his death when I felt that everything was stacking up against me. Relationship and other family issues added a weight to my shoulders and to my mind. I started to think pretty irrationally. 
I was wanting an escape from it all, but didn't know how to. My mind took me to some rather dark places back then, and at one stage I was convinced that I had some terrible illness that was going to help me escape from it all. <laughs> this culminated with a trip to my GP's office, asking for every test possible to be done, and ended up with me being diagnosed with depression, and I was just prescribed antidepressants. This, however, was a short-term solution, as taking that medication made me go through go from feeling everything to nothing and I wanted to feel everything including the sadness and the happiness that I hoped would eventually return to my life. I just had to keep working and talking through it all and I did and I came out the other side maybe a slightly defective model of my former self but one I continue to keep trying to improve on. Of course with grief there is always that elephant in the room others don't want to talk about and while I talked about my life and my son constantly over the years others didn't or couldn't. I would sometimes mention his name and the silence was deafening so I started to collect elephants to remind me that there was always going to be an elephant in the room but to me these tokens represented company for me not isolation. Almost a year after my son's death our father passed away also this man, while our stepfather, was the man who brought us up, who let us live life, but was never far away with his advice and love when things faltered. I can still remember him laying in the hospital bed towards the end of his life, asking me how I was going. While I was saddened beyond belief at his passing, his wisdom and spirit will forever be a part of who I am, and someone even now I draw strength from. Perhaps the trauma and grief added to the woes of my next relationship, which was relatively new at the time of my son and father's death. But in the end, I knew for me to be truly authentic and live my best life, as the kids say, I had to move on. I will be forever grateful for the support I did receive in that relationship. Everything and everyone for a reason, as I said to one of my good friends recently. I have learnt that anger gets you nowhere, but having a happy, carefree disposition gets you everywhere. I respect and acknowledge the grief and loss, but I no longer live there. I deal with them only when I have to. I'm surrounded by a loving family and friends who have helped every step of the way. The grief will stay with me forever, but I carry all those precious memories with me every day, and I continually set out to make some new happy ones. With those people who love and care for me, and loved and cared for my son. The days and months have continued on, and on the release of this episode, which will be next Tuesday, will be the ninth anniversary of that horrific day. So I think this part of the uh, episode opens up about our real lives experiences to our listeners, and I think now, Kaz, maybe you can share some of your experiences. I most certainly can, Joe. And while you have had um, a tumultuous and traumatic uh, few years that some of us um, hope we don't ever have to experience, you've also had a very beautiful life and you make it sound beautiful. And I do always look up to you for your strength and, um, yeah, Oh, thank you. <laughs> Don't make me cry. I know. 
But, um, yeah. That's life, isn't it? No, it's it is life. <sighs> and uh, before you start, just to, uh, I would say that uh, we acknowledge that everyone's journeys through life oh, are, are, are very, very different. Very different, yeah. And everyone grieves and copes differently. But, you know, it's our hope that by speaking out, and sharing some of our experiences with people that, you know, yeah, they will they find some... Take something from it. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, for me, this week, yeah, has seen a real strong focus on uh, stress and grief for me and how I deal with it or don't deal well with it. And over my lifetime, um, yeah, both of these emotions have come in many different waves. I guess you don't realise what you have been through or achieved out of life until you write it all down and read it back to yourself. You think you've just lived a fairly normal, everyday life. Um, I always felt I was a little bit different as a kid. And yes, some may say I still am. <laughs> <laughs> um, not knowing who my real father was and having to explain in the schoolyard who the man was that I considered as my dad. I learnt from a very early age to hide my feelings whether through shame or some internal anguish, I can only evaluate that now, many years later. With a lot to discuss in between at some other time, I went into my teenage years constantly in need of being in a relationship and by 18, settling down to start my own family. Determined that it would be perfect and my family would be whole and not detached in any way. While it gave me two beautiful children, a daughter and a son, a pigeon pair, you couldn't ask for more, that I wouldn't change for the world, I continued on my path of feeling like I had to please others and hide my own feelings. 18 years ago, we relocated to New South Wales together for my ex-husband's work. While excited at what a new start could mean for possibly our relationship, I also felt like I was dragging myself away from family and friends who were readily on tap. I had a great job and I went into a world of no support, no work outlet and no friends of my own. This anxious time was again very well hidden. We then attempted to own and build a house. I could, honestly, if anybody says to me that they're going to try and own and build a house, I beg for them to yeah. reconsider. <laughs> While I can lay bricks like any decent tradie and am now a very handy woman with a tool, yeah, <laughs> any you, different you tools. Got tool, you got tool, more toolboxes than a tradie. <laughs> this felt extra strength, stress into our already tense relationship and took away important family time with the kids. I didn't have the skills to work through any of it, nor did I seek help to learn them, and eventually we fell apart. I had to grieve for the dreams that didn't eventuate, the home I had excitedly spent many years helping to build and the promise of a great home after shed living for our children. It was all lost. I walked away with very little and the worry of how was I going to continue to support myself, my two kids who were still at school, my niece who was living with me and on a minimal wage herself. Again, zero coping skills. I didn't talk to anyone and I hid how bad things really were from friends and family. Going out and partying and drinking was the best way to relieve the stress. And really, if only I appreciated a good red wine back then. Yeah. <laughs> it may have been may. a little cheaper. Yes. <laughs> Dad had also begun his struggle with uh, early stage cancer around that same time. And then the world exploded. 
That's how it felt at the time to me. My handsome, lovable, full-of-life nephew lost his life and I couldn't believe it. This only happened to other people, not my family. How? Why? What do I do? What can I do? So I hid my feelings and went into overdrive. Instead of focusing on the moment or on myself and taking a minute to think and feel and show emotion, I shut it all out. I reacted instead of interacting with what was happening. I made plans. I didn't ask for help. I didn't fall apart or show any feelings. This bottling up and getting on with it seemed to work previously, or so I thought. We spent the next 12 months in an unknown place in our family while trying to move forward. Some of it a blur, and then Dad died. Mm. I still have very ugly memories of his dying moments, which you think will fade with time, but they don't. But what I also have are some of the most precious and funny memories of that mm. last week with him yeah. while we all sat around especially with his grandchildren, who meant the absolute world to him. And this makes me smile. Again, even in the days that followed, I felt like I had to shut out and hide my own pain and try and protect everyone else from theirs. My kids were devastated. The grief you see in their faces multiplies your own hurt. I was worried how this so soon after my nephew would affect my family's already fragile well-being and so worried for mum and how she would cope and move on by herself. I look back now and I truly believe 2010, 2011 really changed me, hardened me even more. I stopped really living for some time and just waking up and doing the next day. We moved a few times over the next few years. I struggled with finances and sorting debt from my marriage. I felt a constant weight of stress on me that I didn't deal with. I wanted to appear to the world strong and with all my pieces in place, not weak, needy or broken. I believe over the years that this has had a profound effect on my health and my relationships. I still to this day try to stand strong. I haven't yet ventured into another full-time relationship with anyone. I've been trying to get to know myself, I guess. And while it can seem a lonely existence, I enjoy my own company and am more recently getting out and experiencing a lot of things I love. My family has joined me after many years of being separated and we are the closest family and we enjoy each other's company and obviously having my sister around yeah. is my best friend. Oh, and we live together, really so we have to get along pretty well. well. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. And with all the most recent hurdles life has thrown at me, for the first time I have opened up a little of my world. I've talked about my struggles, I've sought help for them, and a lot hasn't really removed um, the struggles themselves, it has certainly lightened the weight from my chest just a tiny bit. And some could say now literally. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it does feel a lot lighter. <laughs> I've allowed myself to care about my own well-being and mental state and to let go of what others needed from me and to be okay with it. So while life hasn't quite turned out how I originally dreamed it would, what I am grateful for is the lessons it has taught me and that I hold less resentment inside and how much I've grown since those early childhood days in the playground. And again, literally. <laughs> yeah, I think that's, you know, great, great wisdom there too because too often we do not open up about how we really feel and we don't live in the moment necessarily. And I think that's an important message to get across. Yeah. Like, even when, you know, everything seems to be crashing down, like you said, just live with it, ride it, 
and let it crash. Let it crash. Then let yourself feel it. Let yourself experience yeah. it. And yeah, because that's what I feel like I've always done. I've just gone. No, you can't experience that. You mm. can't feel bad. You can't feel weak. You can't not feel. Yeah, and I think that was my little bit I put in, put in about um, being you know being diagnosed with depression. And as a person, I I don't feel like I'm a depressive person but I think a combination of everything that had happened mm, yeah in that couple of years leading to that point and it wasn't just with the the loss of you know my son and dad it was a, you know relationship woes and our other outside family influences that yeah brought it to a head I guess yeah and that's what I think happened with me I felt like the relationship broke down, uh, you know, dad was sort of diagnosed, you know, we lost your son and then, you know, it was just one thing yeah. after another that I didn't deal with yeah. and I didn't stop and let myself deal with. I just yeah. felt like I had to keep moving on to the next thing and, yeah, uh, that's I got to this point where I finally thought, well, hang on a minute. Yeah. <laughs> You're allowed to feel bad today you can feel like shit today you can cry today you know mm. let it all out because you don't know what tomorrow is going to bring and you might feel a bit better tomorrow yeah you know like let yourself ride in the moment that's right yeah. and and like we said you know for every individual that has been through uh, an experience a loss a divorce losing their job whatever it might be you know look at it from that perspective mm. Yeah. Yeah, and but and learn from it I think is the big thing and like how you coped with that first thing if you had have done that a little better or you know talked about it then the next thing may not have been as big or added to the load as much. That's right. And that probably for me that's come with maturity. Yeah. And and you know, yeah, getting old and wise and <laughs> and, and I found myself talking to other people really helped and I think that's why you know now this is another medium for me to talk but I talk all the time yeah and for me that was a, a another coping mechanism I guess you could say is that I didn't bottle it up and um, you know we'll be able to explore a little bit more about that maybe over the coming episodes months for sure. years oh because next well, this episode we're going to kind of split into two parts. Yeah, so, yeah, we are. Yeah. So I think next one we're going to probably reveal a bit more about ourselves. I think the importance of it, it's a, yeah, it's, yeah, it's a good idea for us to, um, yeah, spread it out. Yeah, it's a significant time mm. and if we're going to do it, this is probably the time yeah. to do it. <laughs> so on that note and probably fitting as things seem to pop up, um, a friend posted this on Facebook this morning and I just felt it was particularly meaningful, I guess, as we went in to record this episode to remember that the sun will rise and fall regardless. What we choose to do with the light when it's here is entirely up to us. So journey wisely. And I think if we can all live yeah, a great that's life... very true, yes. ...and have fun with it, and I have to say... I'm fairly grateful right now because I'm dressed up in my pretty dress. 
And why are you dressed up in your pretty dress, Well, because I have an amazing sister. So for those of you that do not know me well, I'm a huge Rob Thomas slash Matchbox 20 fan. She's actually in love with him. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. I know he's had a wife for a long time, but, you know, we all know that marriages never last. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, he's playing um, a concert nearby today and I had put it in the back of my mind that I wasn't going to see him although I've seen him just about every year he has toured out here and uh so it's important for you not to miss one well that's exactly right and I mean you know how excited I got last time we went to see him (laughs) so um yeah last night brought uh Kaz home from hospital and we were sitting there discussing you know possibly what we were going to do today and recording this episode and I saw her with a card in hand and, and her son had just been around and I said, oh, did your son just give you a card? That's lovely. And she goes, oh, no, it's for you. <laughs> and I went, oh, well, that's nice. And I opened it and there was a ticket to Rob. Rob Thomas, the chip two tour. Yeah, so I am beyond excited to be going. And, yeah, like you've arranged everything like to – Who's picking me up? What bus I've got to be on? You know, what I've got to The things you can do from a hospital bed. Oh, I know. (laughs) It's just absolutely amazing. Um, And I hear I was thinking that you were drugged up and out of it. But anyway, (laughs) I'm appreciative always, like, for everything that you do for me. But, yeah, that's really special. And if I keep talking about it, I'm going to cry. Tomorrow you are going to see your one true love, what? Rob Thomas. Pack your concert kit and chair and the lovely Geraldine will be collecting you from Artie at 1pm sharp. $20 is towards your lap dance. Ah, no, sorry. <laughs> your lap dance. Your, <laughs> your bus trip. <laughs> sorry, that's all I had. <laughs> Equals $30. Oh, your bus trip's there. Oh, yeah, That's right. Just all oh, yeah, yeah. I'll give you the Which you'll catch at 2pm from the Heights and bring you home. Have the best time. Oh, my God. Oh.